You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast with Mike, Fritz, Trish, and Tina. Listen to us live on the Mixler app. Also, be sure to follow us on iHeartRadio and you will never miss an episode. Stories Radio. This is session 113-113. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. Wow. How's everybody doing? What a great week. You having a good week, Mikey? Riding a wave. (laughs) Oh, man. I I expected a better answer than that, but that's okay. Mikey coming in uh, out of breath, you know, straight from work in to do this, and uh, we appreciate that. You know what that means, though. That always means it's going to be an awesome testimony know, coming he, up, because that means Satan has been trying to throw a wrench in has. it all I've day long. A, I've had a pretty wild day today, too, and he me tried too. to distract me from getting here, but I wasn't going to let it happen. So yes. That's right. I didn't get your text, and you know, here I am. He tried to strand me up there at that dealership. Yes, he did. tried to buy a car for my daughter today, and I, uh-huh. I said, no, you, well, you're not getting away with this if i got to walk. Yeah. I'll be there. So anyway, I don't want to take a whole lot of time. Mikey, you, you got some shout outs for I, us tonight? I do. Uh, Facebook lights. We have uh, Cammy White. Thank you, Cammy, for liking us yes, on Facebook. Yes, thank you, Cammy. Appreciate that. Rosanna O'Hara. Welcome, Rosanna. Thank you for Thanks, the likes. And Nicole Turner. Hi, Nicole. Thank you for the likes. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And the regions. The next one in line was unknown. Oh That's boy! It's listed at. Usually a third Unknown, world country but the of up there some was kind. Pretty good. All right, and then next in line was Georgia, and then we one comes out of goes away from the United States. It's Beijing, China. Beijing, China. China. Welcome, our listeners in Beijing, China. We uh, we love and appreciate the fact that you listen, and hopefully you're blessed. That is our only agenda to bring hope and encouragement Comfort. to the world. That's right. That's right. I don't want to take a lot of time chatting tonight, only because we have an amazing guest that has taken time to be here with us tonight, you know, a Christian recording artist, Jenny Owens. And I've been a big fan of Jenny Owens, like, way back. And I'm probably telling on my age, but, you know, uh, I've been grooving on her stuff since about 2006, 2007, you know, since the Call Me Beautiful album and stuff like that. So I have to tell you, too, I... Um I first heard Jenny Owens back in 2001. Yeah. I had a head, neck, and back injury from an assault, and I was really, I was in constant pain, and I was uh, sitting on my sofa, and here in the train, I had lived a block away from the train tracks, and I would pray, God, give me the strength to get to those train tracks, because it was that bad. I was in constant pain, and I came back one day from physical therapy, and um, he said, we're going to get you walking again. And I said, I want to dance. I don't want to walk. I want to dance again. Mm -hmm. And so I was watching a late night show and the, the co-host or the host of the show was saying, um, you know, telling the story about this woman and how, um, she had a hard time finding a job because, um, she was, uh, visually impaired. And when people would see her at the interview, they thought, well, how is she going to be capable? And I thought, 
oh, so they're going to give this blind woman a chance on TV, and isn't this going to be great? And, you know, I didn't think a whole lot of it. And then when she started singing and she was speaking to me and she was talking about being free and free from anger. And I had so much anger in me of Mm -hmm. what was going on. And she just spoke to me and she was the beginning of my relationship in the worship sense with music and Christian music and with my walk with Jesus. So for me to have her here tonight is just amazing. So without further ado, I'll give you guys Jenny Owens. Hey, Jenny, welcome to welcome, the show. Jenny. Hi, guys. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a it's been a blessing. We, we've really been looking forward to it this week. Oh, well, cool. Me too. It's so, so fun to get to meet you guys. It's so amazing what we can do with technology these days. Amen to that. In different places and right. get to connect, and it's very cool. Well, God Stories Radio is, um, as far as we know, or we can tell, is 54 countries on uh, on a program that we used, but uh, we also are on iHeartRadio, and who knows how country how many countries that's hitting. Yeah, and we're on Mixler yeah. Live right now, too, so anybody that wants to tune in or is tuning in, thanks for tuning yeah, in. Yeah, we want to welcome all our listeners on Mixler. Uh, hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, so tell us about you, Jenny. Well, let's see. Where should we begin? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I uh, have been a musician for about 15, 16 years now. Well, I guess I grew up loving music, so I've always um, you know, thought of myself as a music lover. And uh, when I was two years old, I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi. Well, I can't say my own state tonight. Say that real oh, fast man. three times. I <laughs> know. Uh, yeah. It's been a long day, I guess. Um, I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi, and I um, fell in love with the piano when I was two. We had a uh, a piano in our dining room that the church was going to just uh, get rid of, and my parents said, no, no, we'll take it, and so it ended up in our dining room, and it also ended up my favorite pastime. Um, I learned how to play, or I figured out how to play the songs that I was hearing on Sesame Street and the songs that I was hearing at church, and... Uh, and I think eventually my mom kind of got tired of hearing the same, you know, five songs. So she sent me to piano lessons so that maybe I could learn more songs. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I, I've um, always just had a love, a love of music. Um, around the same time that I fell in love with the piano, I lost my eyesight. I was born with uh, degenerative eye conditions that I had inherited from my dad's side of the family. And so my parents knew there was a good chance I would lose uh, the vision that I had. And so it turned out when I was three, I had a, a treatment that I'm not even sure they do anymore, but I had a treatment that would either restore my sight or take it all away. And so it just so happened that um, uh, that's what happened. And so I lost the little bit of sight that I had left. Um, but my parents were wonderful about making sure that I did all the things the neighbor kids did and um, had a really full childhood. And so I would skate and I would ride my bike and I would climb the trees and, um, you know, just be a regular tomboy. And it really wasn't until I got to school um, and even to church and Sunday school that I realized 
the problem wasn't not being able to see. The problem was that I didn't belong. Uh, the problem was that I was different. And um, because I was different, that separated me from people and made them very uncomfortable with me. And so, you know, I spent years trying to sort that out. And I think once I uh, woke up to that reality, um, you know, that was a... That was kind of my primary sort of fight for, you know, especially the next uh, 12 years of school, just trying to figure out how do I measure up. Um, and one of the one of the ways that I really, um, really sort of, I guess, took out my frustration or asked my questions during that time was to sit at the piano and write songs. Um, and songwriting essentially became my, my way of journaling. So I just would write about, you know, what was going on in life and what I maybe didn't understand about the way that people were acting or, you know, sometimes I'd write about boys and I'd always write about my relationship with Jesus too. Um, and I, you know, when I was, I grew up in the church, I, I think, um, you know, I was hearing scripture verses long before I was born, just as I was hearing music long before I was born. And so um, I I asked, uh, I accepted Christ, asked Jesus into my heart at the age of four. Wow. Um, and of course, at four, you don't know a ton about, you know, grace and faith and what that all means. But I knew that I wanted him to be in my life. And I remember, you know, practically that started to play itself out as I got into school and, um, you know, as, as I found some really lonely days and some days where kids were mean. Um, and my mom, I remember one time when I was in fourth grade, uh, after a particularly hard day, she said, you know, Jimmy, there will be days when Jesus is your best. Jesus was listening. Yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, so when my, um, when my faith began to become real to me, it was, um, it was in those days of elementary school when I really found that, um, that I didn't belong and that I didn't know how to fit in. And I remember after one particular, particularly hard day, uh, in fourth grade, um, my mom said to me, you know, Jenny, Jesus is always your best friend, but there are days when he'll be your only friend mm. and that's okay. You can trust him and, um, you can rest in him because he cares, um, about everything that you're going through and about where you've been. And, um, yeah, I think at the time I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But I, I really did begin to take that to heart and it began to sink in. And, um, as I continued in school, I, um, I was a really shy kid, but I loved to play music and I loved to write music um, about what was going on in life. And so, you know, every every year I'd sing uh, my songs for, for people, you know, at one event or another, um, but, but didn't do it terribly often. Um, but I over, you know, the, the course of elementary and middle and high school, I really began to um, work out my faith in music. I mean, I... Um, whatever I was studying, whatever I was trying to understand about God, um, whatever I was trying to understand about what He was teaching me, I uh, would really um, kind of kind of labor through that in music. And so, at the end of my um, junior and senior years of high school, I um, I began to sing um, more for people and, and share what was on my heart and what. Um, you know, I felt like I had been learning, you know, just um, 
what what I feel like God had been teaching me about um, about the way that He saw me, about the way He sees all of us, and mm-hmm. um, about His grace. And so um, I went to college. I actually was was planning though never to to major in music or anything. So um, I. Well, or, or maybe minor in music. That was kind of my idea. I, I thought, well, I can just, you know, write songs on the side for fun. So I was planning to go to college close to home, and I was thinking I would be, um, you know, a journalist or a psychologist or maybe a religion major, anything but a musician. Um, and At then, some point, though, didn't you want to do teaching music or something, teaching children music? Or yeah. So when I when I so it was a crazy crazy story where uh, I was I was going to go to college near my house. I was trying to figure out how how I was going to afford that, and then all of a sudden um, an opportunity opened up, and I had a full scholarship to a university in Nashville, Tennessee. So my mom at first was like, this place is seven hours away, and I don't know. This place is the home of music, though. That's That's right. God. (laughs) Yeah, God knew that part. So, um, yeah, so that that was a pretty amazing story of how that all came together. Um, But when I went to Nashville and enrolled at Belmont, I did become a music education major. <laughs> so um, I kind of gave up on all the others for, for a while and and still kind of had a desire to perform, but again, just didn't have the courage to think that I could do that. Um, and right before my senior year of college, one of my well-meaning professors just honestly said to me, you know, your voice is pretty weak and shaky, and so I don't really think that you'd ever be a performer. And so I took that to heart and I actually, I was a double major in performance and education. So I dropped my performance major so that I could actually get out in four years. And I took one more semester of classes before student teaching. And in that semester of classes, I, because I was a music major, I had, I had not taken many of my general ed classes. So I had something like 21 hours of general ed classes and nine of nine of those were science Oh boy! And so, <laughs> I wrote most of my first album in those biology classes, um, which was pretty fun. Um, if you want me but, to, I can picture all your songs yeah. you're writing at that time. <laughs> yeah, well, if you want me to, came later, but um, but it was being built then for sure. It was, I was definitely on on the path toward it. Um, and then after school, you know, I still was really really hopeful that I would get a teaching job. I really wanted to be. Um, the cool high school choir director who could teach her kids, you know, um, not only to sing, you know, classical pieces, but also more pop contemporary stuff and to teach them how to sing backgrounds and things. Um, and and I also kind of had this idea that, you know, the stereotype for blind people is that they all do music well and they all love music. And so I thought, well, if I can actually be a teacher, you know, that then I could break the mold a little bit. You know, yeah, yeah there's music involved, but... You know, because um, you think you know all those things when you're 20. And so... Um, you know everything I, when you're 20, don't you? Yeah, yes. you totally yeah, do. Unfortunately, then you you learn later that you forgot all of it. Boy, you, that's you know, I wish I could <laughs> I wish I could remember all the things I knew at 20. Um, but at the end of school, as I was graduating, I began to apply for jobs. And administrators uh, would generally invite me in for an interview after seeing my grades and, um, you know, my Belmont stuff. 
and I would go in and then they would, you know, pretty much be horrified because I couldn't see. Mm. And so that happened a couple times and it was awkward. It was a dose of welcome to the real world. Um, but I kind of thought, well, you know, this is just part of it and I, I need to know this and God is going to be faithful. But, you know, three, four, six months into that process happening over and over again, I was really going, okay, God, where are you? What, I mean, is this a joke? Like, you know, did I major in the wrong thing? Did I, have I, how did I get here? And what do I do about it? Because at that point, I just needed a job, any job. And, um, you know, when people, you know, even though their concerns, you know, had, you know, were very reasonable. I mean, um, I, I remember one of the most frustrating things being is that they, they wouldn't ask me, they wouldn't say, how would you manage a classroom? Um, but they would say things like, well, sorry, we can't hire you because you're not a member of the piano teacher's guild. And, <laughs> you know, instead of just Something. asking. Let me pull this rabbit lame. out yeah. of my hat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so, and so I did learn to speak up and, and express how I thought I could manage a classroom. Um, it took me a little while to get that figured out, but, but I understand their concerns. Um, I think though, what, what kind of happens after, you know, you have so many sort of interviews where you feel like people are responding to you in a, in a scared or negative way, it just sort of starts to mess with you. Um, and so, you know, it was sort of my mom's words about Jesus, you know, being my best friend and sometimes feeling like, you know, he was my only advocate. Um, there, there was definitely a, a season of that in there. And, and also, um, it was a very uh, pivotal point in my faith journey because I realized that even though I had, you know, asked God into my life at a young age, I also had, you know, remained in control of my life and in so many ways and instead of you know realizing that that really trusting him meant letting him lead and holding his hand uh even when i couldn't see literally or figuratively what was ahead mm-hmm. and so i really began to learn what surrender looked like and and that it was actually better that he knew and that i trust him with what he knows instead of trying to lead all the time. And so, um, so what happened was during that, that same season, I randomly was asked to sing in church, which our church was full of brave, talented people who liked to sing all the time. So I'm still wondering how, how I got asked to sing, but it was Belmont day. And so they asked me to sing in the service and there was an audio engineer in the congregation. There were probably a few, but one came up to me and he had worked on some different albums and he said, have you ever considered, you know, doing music for a living? And I said, well, yeah, but you know, there are too many talented people. I don't know that I could compete. And he said, well, you might be totally right, but we should record some of your songs and, you know, let's see what people say about them. And Mm. so we went to his house and uh, his home studio recorded three of my songs. And so as I'm doing interviews, every now and then I'll get a call from him and he'll say, yeah, I'm sending it out to some more people. I haven't heard anything yet. And finally, one day, um, when I had finally landed a job, not a teaching job, but I finally had a <laughs> had my first job out of college, which was a um, essentially a telemarketing job, which is super terrifying for an introvert. So, um, yeah, it was oh yeah, n- not the best. 
but it was a job and um, I was very thankful for it. And so in the midst of that process, um, uh, my friend, the engineer called and said, Hey, there's a music publisher who wants to meet with you. And so, you know, being in my super uh, sort of sad state, I was like, well, you know, should I just go ahead and get over with and tell them I can't see so that it's not awkward? But I, I was going to ask I, you if you do that. Do you ever tell people ahead or how do you decide or? You know, um, now I usually don't have to tell people because somebody else has usually told them. <laughs> but um, especially if it's, I mean, the music world's pretty small, so I generally don't have to tell them. But um, yeah, sometimes I think it's good to prepare people. You know, if if it's something that I know now might catch them off guard or surprise them. I will tell them, but it, it kind of depends on the day and the situation and what kind of mood I'm in, yeah. <laughs> if I tell them or not. So, um, so yeah, I um, so I ended up going and meeting with, with this music publisher, and he said, I think we should work together, and we worked together for the next eight years. And, wow. Um, yeah, and so it was, and he, he told me within the first six months of us working together, he said, I think you're going to have a record deal soon. And I was just going, you're kidding. Like, I never... <laughs> I never saw this coming. Um, and he was right. I signed with um, a label that at the time was owned by Michael W. Smith I called see. Rocket Town Records. And it was it was a really, really special time. Um, I had the very um, humbling opportunity to, you know, get to share music with people and get to hear their stories and it was very overwhelming at first. I, I don't think I handled it well um, because because somehow I thought I had to take responsibility for you know everybody's story and figure out how to how to heal their lives and and then finally you know God was just like you do what you do and I'll I'll do that stuff you know you only have to you know deliver the message and and be encouraging and bring hope and I will I will fix things. And you so, did that so well. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks. If we could all just realize that, yeah, you know, it's our place. <laughs> well, I still need to realize it every day. Oh, yeah. I still definitely do. We're just all getting there. So you yeah. won three Dove Awards, one for New Artist of the Year, Inspirational yeah. Recorded Song of the Year. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. That's fantastic. That was when you just started out, too, like in 2001. It was a few years in, yeah. It was... I was very green and very surprised to be winning anything. So um, I was, I was definitely, uh, I remember going to school with, with musicians who had their acceptance speeches for awards planned out already (laughs) and who they would think. And so when I just was going, wait, I'm, I'm the wrong person. I'm not supposed to be up here. It was, it was quite, but then it, it was, it's been quite an adventure. It really has. Um, just to, you know, to hear people, uh, to hear people's stories. Um, I mean, there's nothing else like it. It makes you realize in some ways how big our world is and mm-hmm. how complicated our lives are, Boy, but also just, <laughs> it that's... is, it's crazy. Um, especially in this, in this day and time as fast as things move, but it also has taught me a lot about how small the world is and how so many of our wants and needs and desires are very much the same. I mean, we all want to be known and loved and understood and accepted as we are. Yes. And so I feel like as, as I have gone on in my career, 
um, God has really grown a desire in me to to um, encourage people in their walk and um, in their life journey and to kind of say to them, you know, um, I know what it is to be broken and, you know, to really understand. There were years, even when I first started my music career, where you know, I didn't want to talk about or focus on my visual impairment at all. Um, because it, it shouldn't define me, and, and it doesn't. But what I have begun to realize is that it is uh, it is often in our weakness or our brokenness or what someone else would consider my weakness or brokenness um, that that light not only gets into my life, but that it can shine out of my life uh, into the lives of other people. And that reflects um, because, in your music, definitely. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because I, I, that's one thing I could always relate to is Wow, you know, I, I, when I think of your music, I don't think of Jenny Owens, who's blind. I think of Jenny Owens, the person that's been there where I'm at, where I'm feeling, where I'm struggling, and has come through on the other side, you know, and, and that's what comes out of your music to me. Wow, well, thank you. Well, you, you did say that you uh, basically did your writing and everything else, and from the situation that you were in at the time. Yes, I have always, always written that way. Um, probably a little less now. Like I'll write down things that are happening in certain situations, and then I'll I'll maybe write the song later. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I've always um, I feel like I've always written out of the moments when God has taught me something specific, um, or you know, what's really funny, and songwriters say this a whole lot, so it's not just me, a lot of times you write something in, in the process, and so then as you're, you know, when you're touring an album and you're singing these songs back to people, God is, is actually, you know, speaking to you and challenging you through words that you wrote. Yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, that definitely is not necessarily fun, but it's it's very eye-opening when you when you teach something or when you write something into a song, and then you kind of, I don't know, those words come back at you um, in, you know, often in a gentle way, but often also in a very firm way um, about what God wants you to learn. Um, so, tell yeah, us, there's... Tell us, too, about your ninth studio release, the new album, Love Be the Loudest. What yeah, prompted so, you in um, that album? What's Yeah, well, I think just in my quest to to help people um, be empowered um, by the grace that God has given them, but also, you know, um, the fact that they're made in His image and that He, you know, desires for them and calls them, you know, to live a a bold and fearless life. I think it's really um, made me want to talk about, you know, what that means and, and to do that as well, to live a bold and fearless life myself and not just think about it. And so... Um, Love Be the Loudest is an album all about that. Um, the uh, the title track is is a song called The Loudest Voice, and and you know every song is about the idea of letting God's voice be the loudest that we hear. You know, I feel like as a visually impaired person, I I listen to voices a lot. Voices tell me, you know, what direction to go, or voices whisper, and sometimes they think I don't know, and they you know talk when I'm 
and then they think I'm not listening. So there's always voices to listen to, and a lot of times the voices that really get me are my voices of doubt in my head, my voices or the voices I hear saying, you know, you're not good enough, or, um, you know, or even the voices of social media, which I feel like we're hearing so much right now, especially with all of the um, things that are going on in the political world. Um, you know, there's a lot of voices to listen to, and I think it's so easy for the voices around us to crowd out um, God's voice of love and truth. And so this record is essentially just a a cry for um, God's voice of love to be the loudest, the most uh, prominent voice that we're hearing. And um, and then in addition to that, um, just because I wanted to make that a really tangible... um, prayer that, that, that actually had some feet to it, um, we're doing a thing where um, a portion of every sale um, of Love Be the Loudest goes toward some nonprofits. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask you about that, the um, Fingerprint Initiative and Nextdoor and all the different ministries yeah. that you've partnered with. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, so... It's really hard to just settle on a few ministries, but <laughs> so we're, we keep adding. Uh, we keep adding to our our list of ministries that we're helping. And so, if people want to check out what we're working on, they can go to lovebetheloudest.com, and that's where all of all of the ministries are that we're working with, all the organizations. So we're doing some really cool things. Like specifically, we're working with compassion on the ministry or the part of their ministry that prevents helps to prevent disabilities or helps to get clean water to kids. Um, we're also working to help um, their high-risk kids get sponsored, so the kids that have been on the waiting list for six months or more and the kids that have disabilities uh, and the kids that live in you know high-risk like trafficking areas, so yeah, making sure those poverty. kids get yeah. The high poverty um, and then we're also working with um, an amazing uh, organization that's here in Nashville called The Next Door. Yes. And they help women who have addictions, um, either a lot of times they're women that are just coming out of prison or this is their last step before they would be sent to prison. And they uh, work with these women and um, get them unaddicted and help them change their lives, which is really, really incredible. So, um, and then some other organizations as well, um, World Hope Canada and uh, their Hope House houses, um, and just yeah, you can read all about them. But but we will keep adding more. Um, and we've also just started a blog there that is essentially um, some different folks sharing how they're serving and what that's doing in their lives. Because you know, a lot of times when we go and give to others, um, it deeply impacts us, um, or it should. And, um, you know, so, so I've invited people to, to start sharing their stories, um, of, of how that's happening. And how do we get to read that again? Go to lovebetheloudest.com. That's right. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Man. Yeah. I'm trying to think, is there anything else I haven't covered? I told you my whole life story. (laughs) (laughs) You sure have. I tell you, uh, I just, I just amazed what the Lord does 
you know, when he, he takes away, he always gives back in another way that we wouldn't even imagine. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like she said earlier on in her testimony, she said, I don't belong here. You know, I'm not the right yeah. one. But she was the right one. Yeah. Because she was willing to to let go and let him lead, lead and, mm-hmm. and yeah. guide. And and uh, I'm looking at her well, YouTube. Letting go happens yeah. every day. I feel like it's not, you know, sometimes it's because I became a Christian at a very early age, sometimes I'm not exactly sure how to give my testimony because I feel like it's still unfolding. And yes. every day God is teaching me more about, you know, moving on in my journey and like, okay, what does it mean to let his voice be loudest? And what does it mean to let go today? You know? And so I feel like there's just always so much more to learn. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And I love in the beginning of the lyric video on, on uh, no borders. Uh-huh. I just love the first Corinthians ten seven and eight. Uh, oh, love yeah. knows no limit to its endurance, no end to its trust no fading of its hope. It can outlast anything. It is, in fact, the one thing that still stands when all else has fallen. Mm-hmm. And I think that sums up her testimony. I think that's what we should title it. <laughs> no borders. <laughs> no borders. No. There you go. No borders. That's fantastic. Mm, well, guys, you. man, that's amazing. Thank you so much for being with us, Jenny. Is there, we, we are uh, uh, God Stories Radio is king of the shameless plug. So we would like you to plug anything and everything you have going on right now and how they can buy it, receive it, or get in touch with you to get it. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, lovefeetheloudest.com is uh, definitely a great place to start. Love for you to support the ministries there. Um, If you're on iTunes or Google Play uh, or Amazon, would love for you to pick up a copy of uh, Love Be the Loudest. That is how we musicians eat if you buy our music. Um, streaming is great, too, and that's, of course, on the rise. But streaming you know, is about a quarter of a cent per play, and we have to divide that up. So, <laughs> uh-huh. so yes, if you, if you like to buy music... We're we hearing you loud and clear there, sister. Yeah. <laughs> but um, also, um, I'd love for you guys to join us over at Facebook. Um, you can like our page, which is Ginny Owens Music, and it's G-I-N-N-Y. Uh, Jenny Owens Music. Uh, Twitter is at Jenny Owens, and Instagram is Blind Chick Photog. And then my website is JennyOwens.com. <laughs> yes, it's very silly. I like silly. So, um, yeah, I think that's uh, yeah, JennyOwens.com. And there's blogs there. I'm gonna hopefully post another one in the next couple days. Um, we also have on um, on JennyOwens.com and on YouTube a really fun series that we've done called How I See It. And one of the things that I started to realize uh, in the last year is that people had a lot of questions about, you know, how someone who's blind might get different things done. (laughs) And um, I've never really talked about that stuff, as I said earlier, because I thought, you know, I don't want to, I don't know. It's not really important to talk about blindness, but what I have, uh, what I have learned from, from sharing some different videos about, you know, how I do things is um, that it's really sparked some dialogue. And um, I've been able to encourage parents of, of young children with physical challenges who were really concerned about how their kids might, you know, uh, be involved in the world. And um, they can see from the videos that it's quite possible to live a full, 
and fun and independent life. So um, you can check those out, how I see it. Um, there's a hashtag, how I see it. And uh, is the that videos on are YouTube? on the website. Oh, it's on the JennyOwens.com. Uh, well, that you can get to from the website okay. or from YouTube. Oh, yeah, this yeah. website is incredible. I'm on it right now, JennyOwens.com. And you'll know you're on the right one because her Love Be the Loudest album is right on the front. And yes. you can download it, uh, purchase it from many different things, iTunes, Amazon.com. Google Play, Spotify. We got to get her on Z again too. Z and, Radio um, here in Orlando. You know everything. Mm-hmm. There's tour dates. I mean, you, you can get all kinds of information down here. And I notice she gives to Compassion. We do as well. Yeah, Tina and I do yeah. for many years. We awesome. have. So. Yeah. Um, Compassion's a wonderful ministry. Oh, it They're really, really is huge and powerful. You betcha. So, mm-hmm. well, thanks, Jenny, once again for. For being with us. We yeah, really, really us. appreciate it. And Thank you so back. much. And uh, we ho- hope that this is a long-lasting relationship because we're certainly going to partner with you in prayer and and Absolutely. Uh, whatnot and, and support what you're doing. And we thank you so much for, you know, supporting us in a way, you know, by being Absolutely. on the show. And I just yes, know that um, somebody out there is going to gonna be impacted by what you had oh, to absolutely. say. Absolutely. Always. There always is. Oh. Oh, man. Well, thank you, guys. Thanks for letting me be a part, and thanks for what you do and continuing to share people's stories and how God has worked in their lives. That is so beautiful, and it's the theme of all of our lives, just that He keeps working in them. Well, amen to that. He uh, does. You know, our only agenda has been to bring hope and comfort. And um, if you run into anybody and said, you know, I, there was this little show that I was on, you know, about testimonies, you ought to give your testimony. Yeah, get them in yeah. contact with us. That'd be great. Maybe if you run into Danny okay. Goki. I really want yeah. <laughs> okay. I want Danny Goki to come on this show He's so bad I can't testimony. stand it. You, know, you yeah. never told me that. I'll see if I can book him. Yeah. Well, I reached out <laughs> to his agent, but I never heard back. So, you Aww. know, I figured uh, Miss Jenny's kind of in the know up there. So. Hey, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'll send Jenny's you a box good of Godiva like chocolates. Well, I, I don't know. I'm a, I don't know if I have much influence, but I'll do my best. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, that's all right. Well, just if the Lord nudges you, say, you know, <laughs> GodStoriesRadio.com. And you can reach us at GodStoriesRadio at Gmail. You can and tweet us. You can tweet us, as uh, Mikey says, at uh, GodStoriesRadio, Twitter.com slash GodStoriesRadio. Twitter. uh, Twitter. 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 you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook, GodStoriesRadio. And uh, Twitter, we did Twitter. And, and you can follow us on iHeart. iHeartRadio. Please do follow yeah, us on iHeartRadio. Yeah, when we get the new uploaded You will never sessions. miss a, You'll never a miss session. One. And um, Mixler, M-I-X-L-R dot com. You can follow us on there and never miss a live session if you'd like. Which and, is always uh, interesting as it was tonight. Yes. Yes, it was. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and Miss Jenny's testimony will be on the front page of GodStoriesRadio.com uh, starting tomorrow. And so send people to the page and... Take a listen and buy her new album. I'm certainly going to do it right when I get Love off of here. Be the loudest, absolutely. Right, and we're gonna we're gonna probably play a song after the podcast wraps up. I'm not sure which one we're gonna do yet, but you know which one. Oh, we were gonna introduce uh, the loudest voice. The loudest voice. That's the yeah. song. That's what we'll do. The album title. You got it. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for session one one three. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike, and I'm Trish. God bless. God bless. for my attention begging me to listen but will i choose to listen all familiar sounds 
feelings of doubt and fear and anger that threaten me with danger. But will I run from danger? When I know you love me is when I find that I'm free to love the way you love me, love the way you love. Love me, the loudest voice I hear.
Yeah. 